Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen. Hey, aren't you glad God is God of unbroken? I love that. Appreciate Abby and the guys putting that together. I love how it talks about how God can take Shatter's life and put it back together. Amen? Because the reality is we live in a broken world. It was never God's intent for this world to be broken. In fact, if you don't believe me, you can go to Genesis and read the creation story. After he created everything at the end, he looked back and said, it's very good. And then because of man's choices, sin and brokenness came into the world, but then God sent his son, Jesus. The Bible calls him the second Adam. And to repair that which is broken, restore it, redeem it. Now the world, it's still broken, but you and I can be repaired, restored, and redeemed unbroken in a broken world, amen? And that's good news for us. That's what we're going to be talking about today. But I just want to remind everybody that we have a water baptism service coming up. I love water baptism, especially our outdoor one. We do it on the front of the campus, under the cover. It's great. It's a great time. Everybody's together. I don't know how many, we had 75 or so water baptized last year at that time, so we expect just a lot of people to come on out. Your life has been changed. It's a great way to go in and continue your journey. It's a public expression to everybody that you're changed and that you're, you have a commitment with Jesus Christ. You're, you're identifying with the people that God's put you with. And then if you have walked through life and just at a different place in your journey with God, maybe you would like to take that plunge again. I always recommend that. I think those are great moments and be a part of that. It's going to be a great service. And then don't forget, as the announcement said, that October 2nd, all our um, growth track classes begin. And that's where uh, many of you that have been asking that are new, you'll find the membership class in there. You'll find a lot of our core values or beliefs. You'll find opportunity to discover your spiritual gift and then find ways to get plugged in. So it's a great thing for you to participate in. So that's the growth track. And we also have uh, life groups starting at the same time. So a lot of great things going on. Amen. All right, enough with the announcements. Let's get into the word, right? Psalms 89. Go ahead and turn there. I just, I just got to tell you this morning, I was a little tired. I don't know, it's like, you know, I love getting up for church, but I know there's more refreshing in the presence of God than in my bed. But I stayed up so late and then had my heart broken about two o'clock in the morning for my beloved Longhorn. So I just needed to get to the altar this morning no matter what. So praise the Lord for his refreshing. But I'm always thankful to come with you guys and share the word. Amen? Nothing like gathering together. I love the time in worship. Don't you appreciate our wonderful praise and worship team? Wow. Way to go, guys. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. But let me say this. That's wonderful and refreshing if you'll enter in. <laughs> right? I could have choose, chose to still cry over the bad call at the end of the game if I wanted to. Uh, but anytime you come, no matter what's going on in, in your life and stuff, because it just struck me when that song, Your Praise Will Ever Be On My Lips, it's like the good days, the bad days, the good times, the bad times, the bad reports. Your praise is going to be on my lips. Your good reports. When there's more month than money, your praise will be on my lips. When my heart's been broken, stomped on, your praise will ever be on my lips. Why? Because he changes not. Amen? Because he's an unbroken God. There's nothing broken about God, so we can always run to him, cling to him, call out to him, praise him. Amen? In the midst of everything. And so one thing that God wants more than anything else is a relationship with you. And really, that's the whole idea behind our series. We're learning to live in a broken world, um, unbroken. Because we're in this world, but not of, of this world. If we're in him, we'll explain that as we go out today's service. But I want to encourage you guys to come the length or the entirety of the series. Because we are going to predominantly or mainly talk about relationship issues. Because that's the, the source of most of our grief and hurt and brokenness. Just to be honest, the, most part, the biggest part of our brokenness in life come through relationships. It can be marriages. It can be with your kids or your family. It can be with friends. It can even be with God. Now there is other brokenness we'll discuss also in the course of the series. Like broken in your bodies, your finances. But God's answer to all that is what he 
calls covenant. And covenant is his definition of relationship. It is having relationship at the highest level it can possibly be found. He doesn't have a halfway kind of kind of a friend that's more of an acquaintance and a friend. God's all in all the time because he is a covenant God, amen? And he enters into a covenant with you and I, which is an agreement, a solemn agreement between two parties that help you uh, initiate and maintain successful relationships. And so a covenant, in God's term, is an agreement that is unbreakable, amen? And so the reason why um, um, we, we, we look to that so much about what God did is because a covenant has always been, in the Old Testament, sealed with blood, because it was the highest sacrifice. And so he sent Jesus to die on the cross, and what did Jesus do on the cross? He shed his blood, why? So that we could enter into a covenant relationship or friendship with God, amen? That's good news for you and I. And Jesus shed his blood once and for all for all mankind that whoever would call upon the name of the Lord can enter into that covenant relationship or friendship with God. God wanted the highest possible relationship with you. So he paid the highest possible price. And then here's what he said in Psalms 89. I love this. I hope you get this. Psalms 89. No, I will not break my what? I will not break my covenant. I will not back off the highest possible relationship having paid the highest possible price. I will not change my mind and my covenant relationship with you. That's why your praise will ever be on my lips in the midst of anything because God will not break his covenant and he'll not take back one single thing he said. Well, maybe he didn't mean it, or it's different times today. I mean, that's a couple thousand years ago. Times have changed. Maybe he didn't know how it would look like today. What things, yeah, he knew everything. He's the God that changes not. He's not taking back a single word. He honors covenant. But typically then, the things that we find ourselves experiencing challenged in life is, what are we doing with our part of the covenant? Well, are we in one? With God, that's the starting point. And then what are we doing with our part of the covenant? And so we looked at another passage of scripture which sets us up for the whole series in Malachi. Malachi 2, you can go ahead and turn there. Verses 13 through 16. And really this is a picture, I believe, of really our struggle and challenge in life. And God brings us back to what the important things are. And it's our covenant relationship. In fact, the message today, we're calling it covenant friendships. Because friendships can make your break in life. You know, you can't separate friendships in God. God put both those relationships together. In fact, when the young man came to Jesus and said, sum up the law, sum up the Bible, sum all that you're teaching, saying, just sum it up and one thing that I can grab a hold of and understand. And he said, okay, I can't give you one, I'll give you two, but they're really like one, or they're inseparable. He said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others. They're inseparable. You can't feel like you have it going on loving God but not loving people. It's impossible. And you can't feel like you got it together with people but not with God. God said you cannot separate the two. So he established a extremely high important priority and um, just, well, priority on the relationships with him and with others. And so he says this to Malachi with that in mind. He says this, another thing you do, you come to me with tears, you come to the altar, you weep, you, you wail, you cry, you're frustrated, you're hurt. Where are you, God? I'm trying to live right. I'm trying to be a good person. I'm not a bad person. I want to do right things. I want to do good things. But it doesn't seem like you're listening. It doesn't seem like you're there. Where are you going? I'm frustrated. I'm hurt. You weep because he no longer looks with favor on your offerings or what you do or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. Goes on to say this. So you ask why, great question, we ask that question every day, what's wrong, why isn't this working, why isn't this good enough, why aren't you listening, why aren't you here? And the Lord, it's because the Lord is the witness, he sees all that you're doing. Let me say this, he sees what you're doing. I mean, you can talk all day long, 
You can tell them all what you want to tell them all night long, but he sees exactly what you're doing, amen? Which is good and bad, but thank you, know, good. He sees what you're doing. And between you, listen to this, between you and the wife of your youth, you have been unfaithful to her, now listen to me, unfaithful to the covenant. Now understand that this, we're, we're not talking marriage today, but this is the example God uses for relationships, for us to understand that. Now let me say this, in two weeks, which I think might be October 2nd, if I'm not mistaken, two Sundays, October 2nd, we are talking about covenant marriage. So everybody needs to come. If you're single, you need to get a picture of that. If you're married or not married or had been married, we need to start. It's a starting place, amen? Thank God for his grace and mercy. But let's understand what God's saying so we can have unbroken marriages and unbroken relationships. So come on out. It's a great way to bring people. Bring them here. So he says this, you're not remembering or you're not faithful to the covenant or the relationship Though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage. What's that word? Covenant. The marriage, okay, let me say it for you then. The marriage covenant. The wife of your marriage covenant. And what he's saying is, it's a level of relationship. You're not being faithful to relationships. And it goes on to say this. Has not the one God made you? You belong to him. Or in other words, he, you know what he wants. Relationship with him, relationship with others. God. That, he, he made you to be relational. He said he made you that way. You belong to him in body and in spirit. And what does the one God seek? What does he want from you? Godly offspring. Now hold on for a second. He wants godly natural offspring. So he says, get the covenant in order so that your life will be better and that your kids' lives will be better. And they'll be covenant kids. Can I tell you this? Next week we're doing covenant families. You want covenant kids? You want a covenant family? Come next week. Let's dig into the word, okay? And understand it's not just talking about our natural offspring, it's talking about the fruit of what we produce in our life, not just with our, our spouse, but the fruit we produce in our life through relationships. He wants you to have covenant relationships so you produce good fruit in the areas of your life. Does that make sense? So he's like, hey, you need to figure this covenant thing out because it is what helps you make the things that are broken unbroken or it helps you live in a broken world unbroken. So he goes, you have to figure this covenant thing out and it will affect every area of your life. So your marriage will produce things, uh, godly things, your children will produce godly things, your, your relationships will produce godly things. He's saying, don't forget the covenant. You're, you're having these problems, these trials, these struggles, these things. Let me, so I'm gonna go to the pastor and have him pray for me. Great, I would love to pray with you. I'm gonna go serve at the church. Great, we need you to. You should because the Bible says that save people, serve people. Uh, I, need, I need to give an offering. Absolutely, because the Bible says bring your tithe into the storehouse. I, I need to have someone give me some scriptures to say it on. You bet you do. But can I just say, if you'll work on your covenant relationship and get them in order, as God says, then things, life will get in order. And it's just, we're, we're trying to find the easy way or the shortcut path or the magic wand. And it's like, God's just saying, let's focus on some relationship things right here. And let's define relationship by his definition, not by the world's definition. Because isn't that the struggle then? We're, we're brainwashed or, or we're oriented by the world's point of view on relationships. And can I say the world has a bad view on relationships today? Crazy stuff. I mean, it's just that you just turn on the TV or you, you go somewhere and listen to people talk and it's getting worse and worse. And so if we don't get this in order, we're gonna get farther away from the things that will help us in life instead of closer. Let me finish out this passage right here. What does the one of God seek? Godly offspring, so be on your guard and not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth, not be unfaithful to the covenant. Next scripture says this. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, uh, uh, God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect, says the Lord God Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. Unfaithful to what? Unfaithful to covenant relationship. 
Again, he's taking the marriage picture and making that what we can understand relationally across the board. Our relationship with him, we sang it in that song, that he is the groom and we are the bride. So we talk about relationships, that's the picture, the illustration, but what he's saying here is don't do violence to the one you should protect. Listen, a covenant relationship means when the going gets tough, I don't get going, I get closer. I get committed. At the time of trouble, I don't bail or run away or walk away. I run too, and I get closer together. And there's ways and things that we could, doesn't mean it's easy, but that's the expectation. But can I just tell you, if you follow the word, the word will work in your life. The word works. And that's why it's important. Let me go back to the whole illustration. Uh, relationship with God, relationship with others is inseparable. So the closer you get to God, the more you'll get closer to that covenant relationship with other people. And when going gets tough, if you'll get closer to God, you'll get closer to them. You'll, you'll protect them instead of return violence for violence. Railing for railing. You hurt me, I'm gonna hurt you back. Oh, you think that was bad? Come on, we're gonna save all that for two weeks from now. But listen, that's the idea here. You cannot separate the two. So we have to work on our covenant relationships, our covenant friendships this morning. And God is a faithful God. And so understand the only way you can manage healthy covenant relationships is if you are managing a healthy covenant relationship with God. It's what empowers you. You can love with covenant love when you receive covenant love from God. Not from other people, from God. We'll talk about that today based on our relationship interaction. So we need to understand that. Okay, let's take a look then. Um, uh, just the idea of what does that look like then with friendship because the reality is in the world today, relationships feel, uh, fail, friendships feel, fail because of lack of commitment. We don't have the energy, time, effort to invest anymore, it seems like, but they're so powerful. They'll make you or break you. Your relationships will make you or break you. And so we, uh, we look to uh, relationships to become those of convenience out of just maybe protection or time or energy instead of relationships of commitment and that's the difference. The world is about convenience, what's in it for them, what's in it for me, and God's about how can I serve others, not how can they serve me. So there's a, there's a completely opposite idea on relationships that are battling God's and the world's. And can I tell you, God's way is always better. It's always better. And even as Christians, isn't it true, even as Christians, we wrestle? You know, we're Christians, it doesn't mean everything's gonna be great and easy. In fact, the Bible says, you're promised storms. Oh, great, sign me up. <laughs> That's part of it. But he says, I've overcome the world so you can overcome the world, amen? But listen, we as Christians, we say this all the time, I love everybody, but I don't like a whole lot of people. Because Christians, we have major relationship issues even though we are in a covenant. <laughs> we have covenant love and covenant power, then we can walk out our relationships differently. In fact, a Christian relationship should be envied by the world instead of Christians envying the world, it seems like, or their relationships because they seem so surfacely, there's not a lot of commitment, there's not a lot of risk there, you're not putting yourself out there. And that's totally opposite God's belief system. And it's like the pastor who said, I have some really difficult people in my church. The good news is they're going to heaven, the bad news is they aren't going soon enough. <laughs> now, I didn't say that, I said a pastor, not this pastor. I would never say that, never say that. And we talk about friendships and making commitments with people uh, the first thing we think about is all the people we feel we have to make a commitment to. It's like, I get you, Pastor, and now, we're, now we've gone through the friend list in our life, and we're thinking about, now, I gotta make a commitment with that guy? That person? I mean, that's just reality, right? I mean, we're thinking about a commitment level type defined relationship, a covenant, rather, and now all of a sudden, people's names and faces are popping up that we think we have to have this relationship with. And so let's just be quite honest with you. 
There's some high maintenance people in our lives. Don't be elbowing your neighbor or going like this, right? Like that over there. You know how that is? Listen, I want you to have ears to hear for you, not others, okay? So I, I read a book one time a while back by John Maxwell. Um, I did, the name of it just escaped me. I said it first service. Uh, Winning with People, I believe is what it was called. Winning with People. And he listed some uh, fr- friends or relationships in life. And here's what he said, talking about different kinds of people in our life. See if you got some of these in your life. He said, there's the critic, con- constantly complains and gives unwanted advice. How many know people like that? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Too late. Some hands already went up. Real quick. I mean, you know where I was going and your hand was already up there. Uh, it's like some people in your life, the critic is like, is that your spiritual gift? I mean, what are you doing? You're trying to, op- is somebody paying you? Somebody, the way you're operating so much, someone must be paying you. It's like, what is the deal? We all have people like that in our life. The critic, the, the criticism's constant. There's the, the martyr, forever the victim. And these really are self-explanatory. The martyr in our lives, forever the victim. Tons of self-pity. There's a wet, wet blanket, um, pessimistic, um, continually or automatically negative. Uh, there's the competitor, always kind of keeps score, tries to one up. Uh, there's the steamroller, like the bull in the china shop, just kind of runs you right over and they don't even feel it. And you're laying on the ground. There's a, right? They don't even realize it. There's the sponge who just sucks it out of you, right? Keeps taking, 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 never gives. There's the gossip, the, the one who spreads rumors, leaks secrets. Um, I heard about uh, three gentlemen that, that knew the value and importance of getting, a life group, getting in a life group. And so they had some issues in life and they, they knew the only way really to overcome, and it's true, to overcome and you have to engage with other people relationally. The Bible talks about confess your sins one to another and you'll find healing. So they decided, they had spent some time together and finally one guy decided, listen, I gotta get some help so I'm gonna have to be transparent and vulnerable. So he lays out there his major issue and he said, I just gotta tell you, I, I'm a huge liar. I'm a habitual liar. I just lie all the time. I hate to do it, but I don't even know what's the truth anymore. I just keep lying. And then after he said that, he kind of felt some relief. He finally got it off his chest, got it out there. And another man saw how he uh, responded after that. It looked like he found some freedom just by confessing that. And so he said, you know what? I want to share my major issue. And really, I, I, I cheat and steal. I will, I will cheat you to get ahead. I will cheat people, use people in business to, to get wealth and to get ahead and to get position. I, I just I cheat and steal. That's just kind of what I do. And he felt relieved, felt glad to get that off his chest. And the last man saw both these men share and found some freedom. And so, you know, he thought, well, I, I need to do the same thing. And since you guys have been so transparent, he said, I'm just going to share my biggest issue in life. My biggest struggle is I'm a gossip and I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> the moral of the story, always be the last one to share. Always. You never know what's going on. We all know people like that. Right, we do, that's life. We have the control freak, the backstabber, the cold shoulder, the volcano waiting to erupt. And now as I've given you all those high maintenance people, descriptions if you will, probably faces and names pop into your head and again, I don't want you to think, man, I should have brought them with me, (laughs) right? And there's people with me. (laughs) You know, um, aren't you glad you're not like that? Aren't you glad you're not like that, however? And and, uh, aren't you glad that no one would either, either look at you like that or think that you were like that either, right? I mean, that's our hope, that we're not like that and people wouldn't look at us and place us in that category. I just want to say this morning, just because of reality, if you think that you don't fall into any one of those categories, you really don't need this message. You really need therapy. Just to be quite honest with you, it's just like, come on, yes. We're human. And my whole point in all that is really, guys, we have to be intentional in this. It doesn't happen just because you want change and you hope that change will come. You have to be intentional. You have to do some things. In fact, uh, 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 y- y- there's a, a story I want to read to you again that helps us illustrate this point that you know, it's a choice that you make. 
Uh, it's uh, a story I came across. I heard somebody share this, and so I, I, I got it so I could share it with you this morning. It's a man in a hot air balloon realized he was lost, and he reduced altitude, and he spotted a woman below, and he descended a bit more and shouted to her, excuse me, can you help me? I promised a friend I would meet him an hour ago, but I don't know where I am. The woman below replied, you're in a hot air balloon hovering approximately 30 feet above the ground. You're between 40 and 41 degrees north latitude and between 59 and 60 degrees west longitude. And he looked down at her then and said, you must be an engineer, said the balloonist. I am, replied the woman. How did you know? Well, answered the balloonist, everything you told me is technically correct, but I have no idea what to make of your information. And the fact is, I'm still lost. Frankly, you've not been much help at all. And if anything, you've delayed my trip. The woman below responded, you must be in management. (laughs) I am, he replied. The balloonist, uh, replied the balloonist, how did you know? Well, said the woman, you don't know where you are or where you're going. You've risen to where you are due to a large quantity of hot air. (laughs) You made a promise which you have no idea how to keep and you expect people beneath you to solve your problems. The fact is you're in exactly the same position you were before we met, but now somehow it's my fault. (laughs) You know what? We live in that world. We live with those people. And the reality is for you and I is that this world is extremely dysfunctional relationally. It is, it's extremely dysfunctional relationally. And we have to recognize it and realize it. And you can finish this phrase for me, hurt people. And the majority of people walking around the planet, even ourselves at times, are hurt, and primarily because of relationships. And so we respond either out of our dysfunction from this world or this worldly mindset, or out of our hurt, because we don't know how to process it correctly, and so our natural response then is to either pull back or not engage, or we dumb down our relationships or place lesser of a value, because we say it's just not worth it anymore. Can I say that's the farthest thing from the truth? And that's why we're in the mess that we're in. But God says, you can live unbroken in a broken world. He has a way for you and I to live uh, relationally, uh, uh, put back together, to live unbroken. And it's called covenant friendship. It's the highest level he has. Now let's just be honest, it's not gonna happen with everybody, nor should it. You don't have to think of all those relationships and friendships you have in your life. It's like, they're not all gonna be covenant relationships and they probably all shouldn't be. But listen, you need some. The bottom line is you need some. Start somewhere. With a spouse, start with your spouse, obviously. And then start with your family and you'll hear all that. But the bottom line for you and I is God created us to have covenant relationships or covenant friendships. And so we have to dig in and find the principles in God's word, how to do that so we benefit from it in our life. Guys, let's understand this. We're raising generations not committed to anything. We're raising generations that don't even know what the word commitment really means anymore. And they have no idea how to have a healthy relationship. And so some people think, well, you'll just mature in that when you get older. You've heard this, that you know, uh, maturity comes with age. Well, I heard somebody say, well, sometimes mature, uh, age comes all by itself. <laughs> There's no guarantees. In fact, can I say, and not beyond my 48 years, but dealing with other people, it's the older you get doesn't mean the more friendly or relational you get. But we gotta start somewhere. And so we gotta start here today, not live out of the past, clean slate, amen. Thank God for his grace and mercy and live life forward for not only for our well-being, but remember our, our, our text for our godly offspring. We want our kids to have covenant friendships. 
in life and miss some of the heartbreak and heartache relationally that we endured or went through, amen? And so it's important for us to do that and understand that. Let me give you three levels of friendship. Number one, surface friendships. It is what it says, just what it sounds, surface friendships. People you see once in a while, you don't know their name maybe, but you say hi to them, you see them kind of in your normal traffic pattern if you will, you see them at the store you go to, you see them at the restaurant that you eat at, surface friendships. Second uh, level of friendships, structured friendships. And we encounter these regularly, maybe at work. Maybe, uh, we, you know, with the relationship at work, maybe your kids played on the same ball team, the parents, uh, we get together, but, it, but it's because of activities uh, or function, not because of relationship per se. Church can be that way. And then the third one is solid and secure friendships, and that's a covenant friendship. That's what we're looking for, solid and secure friendship. Covenant friendship is all about this kind of friendship. It, covenant friendship's built on unconditional love. A covenant friendship's built on the biblical standard of commitment. A covenant friendship is built on the example of Jesus Christ and on his level of commitment. Aren't you glad you have a covenant with Jesus? Remember, he'll never break it, remember? And he'll not take one word back that he said. These are the relationships based on or built on commitment. They're the ones that'll say, I'll be inconvenienced if need be. But I will, I will not leave you or forsake you, as Jesus says. The Bible talks about this kind of friendship and tells us four things about friendship. Four things about friendship, about covenant friendship. Number one, few friends are true friends. In fact, studies say you'll maybe have three, those deep covenant, if you will, type relationships in your life. But you need to have some. So few friends are true friends. Look at Proverbs 18, 24. Here's what it says. One who has unreliable friends that aren't true friends soon comes to ruin. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And we equate that up to Jesus a lot of time, but can I submit to you, that might just be a covenant friendship that you have in your life. If we understand covenant. If we're elevating our life to covenant. And so we need those kind of true friendships that we can have. Proverbs 17, 17 says this. A friend loves at all times. Say all times. All times. Not just when it's going their way. All times. Not when it's just convenient. All times. Or they have something to gain. And a brother is born for a time of adversity. Covenant friends. Few friends or true friends. The second thing. Friends will speak truth to you. Friends will speak truth to you. Real friends will come into your life and because they love you so much, they'll be truthful. Amen. That's hard but necessary. You need that. They'll wrap their truth in love. Now remember the Bible says, share the truth in love. They'll wrap their truth in love. And that's what makes it work. And we need that. Proverbs 27, six says this. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. If it's a covenant friend, it's okay. I can trust that you're telling me the truth in love. But listen to this, but an enemy multiplies kisses. You don't need the people that are gonna tell you everything you wanna hear all the time. It's not for your good. But we hear it and we like to hear it so we invest time there and that's not for our benefit. We're missing the covenant piece of that. Uh, my, my, my kids, one of my daughters uh, has a close friend and, and she was just trying to, you know, walking through a difficult time, my daughter was trying to help her and, and she had some things she told my daughter and my daughter was trying to just give her good advice and she, dad was just trying to tell her what to do, at, trying to tell her the right thing to do. And uh, my dad always said, I learned, I taught my kids this, always do the right thing even to your own hurt. And so she said the hard things to this friend and this friend just, was mean to her. Her response was mean to her, said mean things on social media about her, and, and my daughter's just like, I just was telling her the truth. I said, you did the right thing, honey. You always tell the truth. God will support that, God will honor that. And eventually, that friend was hearing all these other things. No one else was willing to step up and tell the truth, and she kept going down a, a bad path until something happened. 
So we need covenant friends, amen? Whether we want to hear it or not, why? Because if they truly love us, they'll tell us the truth. That's what, we're taking the relationship to another level, a covenant level. We don't need to hear and and get get all the sweet kisses on the cheek all the time if it's not going to help us or save our life. We need covenant relationships and covenant friendships. Uh, Let me give you the third one. uh, Friends refresh us. Covenant friends refresh us, Proverbs 27.9. Proverbs 27.9. Oil and perfume delight the heart, and the sweetness of a man's friend gives delight by hearty counsel that it just refreshes us when they speak into our life. It's wrapped in love. And we have, we have to understand that, and we know, though, we, really, that this friendship can be summed up in this way. Maybe we're either a plus to people or we're a minus to people. I'm either adding value and lifting them to a higher level or I'm pulling them down and taking value away. I'm either depositing and in my friendships or I'm making withdrawals. And you know what I mean. Let me illustrate it this way. There's people when you're at a place and if someone walks into the room and immediately when you see them, it starts sucking the life out of you. <laughs> you know? Come on, it's like, oh no, there they are. Oh my goodness, there they are. And then there's people that walk into the room and they add life to you. You can't wait to engage with them. You can't wait to talk to them. You can't wait to be around them. That's an easy illustration, honestly. And so uh, we all know, and let me say this, we all know the greatest invention ever ever made is caller ID. I mean, this is the greatest, right? Caller ID. God bless. That man must have had some difficult relationships and he was looking for a way not to answer every phone call. (laughs) Caller ID. Oh, busy. I'm not going to answer that one instead of, you know, using a fake voice. Hello. (laughs) It's like this whole thing of when you see their name pop up on your phone, do you want to answer that or not? (laughs) Right? And so it's like this feeling of adding value or taking value or here's, I don't think people intend to be minuses. I don't think people wake up in the morning wondering who they can suck the life out of today. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe there's some, I don't think so. But if you're going to have a covenant friendship, you're going to have to be intentional with it. It's a choice. It's a choice. Can I say this? We're naturally selfish people. Human nature is naturally selfish. If you don't believe me, how many of you have had kids? Did you have to train them or teach them how to be selfish? You had to teach them how to share, right? <laughs> They knew how to be selfish. We're just, we come into the world that way. We have to teach them how to share. So there's this, a lot of this goes against our human nature, so we have to be so intentional. My point is, we have to be extremely intentional. Number four, friends sharpen one another. They make each other better. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Covenant friendships. Taking our friendships to another level, a covenant level. You know, those four things the Bible say about friendship are great things. They allow you to stick together during difficulty as true friends. It allows us to speak the truth and love with others that we do life with. It refreshes each other. It sharpens each other. How many of you would like to have a friend like that? I mean, come on. How many of you like to have a friend like that? Man, I would. And, and if you don't raise your hand, then you have other issues to deal with, right? That one. I want a friend like that. So when it comes to relationships, we've also heard of this law. It's called the law of magnetism. We attract who we are, not who we want to be. The law of magnetism, who you are is who you attract. If it's not you, you won't attract that to you. So what I want you to do is not think of somebody else for this, but how does this apply to your life? Because really what we want to do is try and fix our other relationships to be covenant relationships, but in reality, we need to fix our own. We need to fix our own. We need to be intentional and fix our, our, who we are to be or becoming a, rela- a covenant relationship, covenant friendship individual. 
See, covenant friendship begins not with fixing others, but with fixing you. It begins with fixing ourselves and raising ourselves to be a covenant friend. We have to rise to the place of being a covenant friend. So it starts with you. It starts here, number one, by being the right person. Let's just be honest. It starts by being the right person. Who we are determines how we see others. Who we are determines how we see others. Remember, hurt people hurt people. They're looking through filters based on their own experiences in life. And if we aren't healthy, if you will, it's hard for us then to get somebody else healthy. It's like we have to get to that place. We have to fix ourselves to be that we are purposing to be a covenant friend. You know, we look to people to do things in our life. We look to people that be things in our life like happy, cause our happiness. And you know, other people aren't responsible for your happiness. Happiness is a choice that you make. Happiness is a choice you make. So we have to be intentional, we have to be purposeful. Others don't make you happy or unhappy, it's your choice. It starts with you, it's intentional. You have to be the covenant friend to have a covenant friend. It starts with making that covenant, making that commitment rather unconditionally. The second thing covenant friendships are the result of is number two, committing time and energy. Committing time and energy. Can I tell you, all relationships require work. All relationships need cultivating. And that's why we bounce around because we're too busy to engage and we may have surfacy or, 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 or relationships. We may think we have a lot of friends but there's not really any true covenant friends. And can I tell you, not everybody can or will be a covenant friend but you have to have a few. And if God says relationship with him and relationship with others are most important things, then where should our priorities be? I'm too busy to have friends. I'm too busy to engage other people. I'm too busy to put myself where other people are, where I can connect. Listen, if there's any place that we need to reorder our life with, it's our relationship with God, therefore relationship with other people. Because we need to raise our friendship level to covenant and it's gonna require work and time, but oh, can I tell you, it is so worth it. Why? Because God will never break it and he'll never take back one word he said. So if that's the healthiest thing for us as he designed it to be, then as we engage in covenant friendship, which requires work and cultivating, then it will respond to blessing in our life and will produce godly offspring or fruit in every area of our relationships. We can't afford not to spend time working and cultivating relationships. And again, this world pulls us so many different directions, but maybe we're missing priorities. Relationships or friendships begin to deteriorate when we fail to give them the time and energy they deserve. Covenant friendship's a choice, it's a commitment to give a commitment of time and energy. And let, let me wrap this up by, by saying this. Uh, you know, when, again, the reminder when Jesus summed up the whole scripture, relationship with God, relationship with others, he was talking about taking relationships to another level. He was the example, of course, as he told his disciples in the upper room that this, body, this bread represents my body broken for you, this cup represents the blood that will be shed for you. So he told him about the ultimate level of relationship, then he went and did it. So he takes these things very seriously. So he has a plan and a design for you. He wants you to have, and he designed you to have covenant friendships with other people. I mean, I think we have to settle that. God designed you, asks you to have covenant friendship with other people. It needs to be a higher priority in our life. Not to rehash all the things we just discussed. But he designed us that way. So we can't sit here and say, all I need is God, I don't need other people, that's unscriptural. That's not just my own personal opinion. That's contrary to the Bible. And so if you're trying to live your life without other people because it hurts or whatever, and I won't be insensitive to that, again, God has a way to heal and restore and repair those hurts. 
because he wants you to have covenant friendships, but we need to have them as he defines them. And so we need to spend time. He designed us for that. He designed us. He said to Adam, it's not good for man to be alone, but I have you, God, but it's not good. I didn't create you that way to be alone. I created you to walk through life relationally. That's why he designed it for us to come together. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. God designed us for friendship. God designed us for relationship. That's why you hear us push, and you'll always hear us push small groups. Everybody needs to be in a small group because that's where you can find healthy relationships, we believe, or you can walk it out together. When you just small groups, it just takes up more time. It's gonna take time to have covenant relationships, but it's worth the time. That's why everybody needs to get in a small group because then that's the circle of people. Maybe, just maybe, you'll connect and find your covenant relationship, your covenant friendship. Instead of all the other worldly things we do and then we're not gonna find it out there. And, that, and if that's not enough and maybe you're just not comfortable doing that and I'd say forget the uncomfortableness, get in there. But that's why it's important to serve. Well, so you just need people to serve. Well, sure we do. And you need to serve because save people, serve people. That's what Jesus did. But listen, sometimes it's hard to just break the ice with somebody you don't know, but if you'll get in a serving team, guess what? You start building friendship and relationship with those you serve with every couple weeks or once a month or twice a month, whatever that looks like. It doesn't put any pressure on you to initiate a relationship. It's there based on a serving opportunity. It doesn't get any easier than that. But you have to engage with other people because he wants you to have friendships with others. And then lastly, he wants you to have a relationship with him. And, and having put that there, that's stating the obvious, but what struck me in studying and praying and preparing for this is the idea of the extent that he went to have a relationship with you. Now think about that for a moment. Think about the extent that Jesus, that God through Jesus went to to have a covenant friendship with you. I'm talking God of the universe, creator of heaven and earth with me and my sin and all my shortcomings and my mistakes. Think of the extent God went to to have a holy God went to to have a relationship with sinful mankind. Think of the extent he sent his son Jesus from heaven to earth to take on the form of man to be the sacrifice for all men and to experience the most horrible death that can be experienced on the planet so the blood will be shed. Why? Because blood's required for covenant. So the extent, look at the extent God went through to have a covenant friendship with you. Not just a saved experience, a covenant friendship. Think about that. And we won't even walk across the sanctuary. I, 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 I don't want to be hard there. I want to be real with you there. And the idea of think about the extent that God went through to have a covenant friendship with me shouldn't make me feel bad. It should make me feel loved. It should make me feel worthy. Uh, it should make me feel special. It should make me feel like I have value that look at what God did to have a covenant friendship with me. How can we not then Find ways and times to develop and have and cultivate and nurture covenant friendships then with other people. I mean, God, look at what God did. And we're not even gonna come close to that sacrifice, but look at the blessing and value it is to our life. And all I'm saying this morning is we need to look at our life and realign it, reorder it, our relationships, our friendships, and get it in line with God's defined relationship of covenant. But just a few people we're gonna talk about that in the remaining weeks, but just a few people that we can build covenant relationships because then going back to Malachi, because then the things in our life that we're frustrated and we're crying out to God for, we can't seem to get answers and we don't feel like he's hearing, then when we get the covenant things in order, then life gets in order. I know this, God will not break his covenant and he'll not take back one word he said. We hope that you enjoyed this message. 
You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.